to a winning edition of the Warriors <laughs> Volume 2 podcast. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> hey, I didn't even know if I wanted a pod tonight. They played the Pistons uh, in somewhat of a bland weekend game, but I, I don't want people to think that we only podcast after losses, right, Marcus? I mean, you know, they had a point. It was unintended, but it was real. So I believe I, I, somebody I, tweeted I a stat it. at me. I believe somebody tweeted a stat at me that it, it was like, we've done it after six losses and only four wins this season or something like that. So here's win number five uh, that we're podcasting after their 11 and nine um, blowout win. Easy win. Um, you know, like the Pistons aren't good. They beat the Lakers recently, which was kind of a fluke. Blake Griffin, I don't want to get too deep into it because it's completely off topic, but man, he does not look great. Um, they but, posted him I mean, up this, like 40 times like he still could do it. It was amazing. He like he he tried to get Steph on a switch in the first quarter and like threw up an airball hook shot. Like, I mean, it was bad. They were posting him up against Draymond, which had no opportunity. At one point, he did a pump fake and like jumped into James Wiseman. And got an offensive foul for it. It was like, geez, the veteran can't even get the rookie on a pump fake jump in. Um, but reality is, they're now seven and one against non five hundred, you know, five hundred below teams this year. And that's really what they got to do. They, they this season they need to regularly beat up those teams, and they have it to this point. And that's why they're eleven and nine, right? We, I don't think anyone feels that good about where they are right now. But they're eleven and nine because they've beaten bad teams. I mean, yeah, that's the formula, right? And they jump back up to the eight seed, so they're back in the mix, right? They were uh, ten after last game, so it's you know it's still the uh, the up and down. But this is, I mean, this is the formula. You gotta beat seven and one. I mean, that's an even higher clip than even you'd expect, right? Like you win seven out of every eight. That's really good. Uh, that gives you a little bit more leeway with the winning teams. So. Like, like you know, they've shown too. They can, they can, they can snatch a couple from the winning teams, right? They can, they can take a Lakers, couple games. Clippers. Yeah, Lakers, Lakers. Clippers. Uh, I guess Portland ain't a winning team anymore, but yeah, yeah. they have a winning record. That's one of their. They do uh, also. Oh yeah, they do. Yeah, they yeah. do have a winning record. There you go, ten and eight. So, uh, yeah. So if they can get a few of those, you know, show up for some big games, uh, that's gonna be important. But yeah, it just this is a team that has to feast on. The teams that are vulnerable, they got to feast. They got to take advantage of that. It's how they'll keep from the long losing streaks, right? It's how they'll stay in the mix, stay in the hunt. And if they just keep building it, I mean, you know, it, it, it could work out for you. It, it really could work out, right? They're, they're the AC right now. They're a half game from four. So if they just stay in the hunt and you do that by beating the Detroits when they come to town. So the topic of the night for me was kind of going to be Draymond. I mean, you know, you look deeper. The at The topic numbers. of the night was Rodney Magruder. Well, it, <laughs> it it turned out to be Rodney Magruder, which happened way post game. What's funny is I actually saw the initial issue when it went down because I'm actually at the arena right now. I'm talking to you from the arena, um, and I saw Juan Toscano Anderson, and it was right around the second quarter. You know, they went to timeout, and suddenly he's at half court in an arguing match with Wayne Ellington and Rodney Magruder. Um, and it was like, wow, this is like super random. Like, I honestly, my thought was, man, they must have some issue from the past that, like, you know, so it, they just it saw each like other. Beef. It didn't look like just like a conversation. It looked like they had a problem. Well, to me, to me, it was like, okay, like Juan is 
inactive. He's in street clothes. Wayne Ellington and Rodney Magruder are pretty irrelevant to the proceedings right now. And, and nobody else seems to even, you know, it was like all the, the, both teams had gone to their benches and then they were just at half court arguing with each other and nobody else, you know, like Jaron Collins was coming over kind of trying to bring, you know, Juan back. But overall it looked like it was just two dudes who like wanted to have an argument about something and nobody else in the arena was really paying attention to it. Now there's no fans or anything. Um, but I was like, man, that was odd. Like those two were really like having a, an issue, but nobody's even noticing it. And then, yeah, it ends up coming back post game. I guess we could get into that before we actually get into basketball talk. But um, Magruder went back over to Juan post game and kind of created a little bit of a. Uh, yeah, a he walked t- all the way over to the Warriors yeah. bitch, which was that was odd. Well, he, he, would do that. he clearly like was like, I'm not done, you know, handling whatever argument they had had. Really, it was in the first half. That's what was crazy. It wasn't something that was like during garbage time. And he, he was stewing for four minutes and said, I'm going to go finish it. It was way it was an hour and a half later, probably. Um, and then, of course, that includes the Clay Thompson clip because Clay was on the broadcast tonight um, where he kills Magruder. And then, you know, people can go look online, but Draymond for about two minutes and 30 seconds just filleted Magruder himself. Probably over the top, but it was very entertaining. I mean, it was definitely a bit over the top, right? Like, Clay, you know, Clay was in the moment, right? He, You could hear him on the broadcast asking Juan, what's he saying? And Juan told him, and then Clay just ethered him, right? He's just like, man, this dude's about to be out of the league. He's acting like he's a good player. And then Draymond, who was in the locker room, just went off the top ropes, right? Just, <laughs> just finished him off. Like even mocking his name, Rodney. Like nobody's nobody's afraid of this dude. Like it was it's wild. Like nobody knew who Rodney Magruder was. I don't think he's played in weeks. <laughs> he hasn't even played. So it was, it's just interesting that the Warriors All Stars are coming for this dude who hasn't played. But uh, you know yeah. what it you Go know ahead. what it reminded me of? I covered the uh, Warriors Mavericks series. Or not Warriors, a Thunder Mavericks series uh, in 2016. And Charlie Villanueva, it was when Russell Westbrook and Cameron Payne were always dancing at the scorer's table before tip-off every game. And Charlie Villanueva, who was a complete DNP for those Mavericks team, uh, came over and got in the middle of it and like kind of created a, a pregame scuffle like early in the series. And it became just like a, a, a topic during the series. And then when the series was over, Westbrook and Durant just went absolutely off on Villanueva in their press conferences, including somebody, you know, pulled up a quote tweet I had from that one of a Westbrook tweet from back then that was like, you know, Villanueva is now going to go home. He's going to sit there and then he's going to come back next year and watch 82 games like he did this year because that's all he does, watch games from the sidelines. Oh, and it kind yeah, it kind of reminded me of that. It's like, like you said, two All-Stars going after a DNP veteran uh, that nobody really talks about. And it's funny, but over the top or whatever. Well, it definitely shows that they know that they're better than some teams, right? Like, And that's I don't think that's a small thing, especially given how this season started. There's a clear delineation between the bad teams in the league and the Warriors, right? They should be able to beat these teams, and they feel comfortable enough to even mock these teams, right? Like, you know, because if they were worried, I mean, I guess they don't have to play Detroit again, but, you know, you don't say stuff like that against about a team that you, you know, 
you're going to have to see or you think could take it out on you on the court. They just have this level, this comfort, this comfort, comfortability with bad teams. And you can see it like, like Kelly Oubre is just like, you know, he kind of gets what he wants and he's confident and he's going like where he wants on the court. Like Draymond is attacking offensively. Like you can just tell the way they play against bad teams, they know they're better than. I do feel like that's something. Like that's not, that's not nothing. And it helps you build confidence against, against the good teams because they were, I mean, they rebounded tonight, right? They, they, they got after it. Like they, you could tell they smelt a little bit of blood, and you know the the Pistons were coming off that big win over the Lakers. They, they this was a motivated team that knew it needed a win and knew it could get the win, and they played like it. Yeah, you know Steve Kerr mentioned a stat post game that I didn't know or you know I hadn't really been following, and it's clearly it's been on his mind. He said they're fifth in opponent field goal percentage because you know he's been so obsessed with defense and, and creating this defensive identity and. You know, according to this stat that he brought up, you know, they are forcing misses, you know, at a pretty elite level, right? Fifth in the league, but they're not getting enough rebounds. You know, they're the worst rebounding team in basketball and they foul a bunch too, to where, um, you know, you're giving the team, I think, I, I believe they're 29th in, in, you know, opponent free throw attempts, or I guess I should say second behind only the Wizards or ahead of only the Wizards. And then the fact that they just can't rebound has been a problem because, yes, you, you can get the miss. You can force the 19-foot fadeaway, too, that uh, was a really good shot to give up. But then, you know, whoever, Mason Plumlee's coming in for an easy putback. But, yes, tonight only seven offensive rebounds for Detroit. They kind of wiped the glass a little bit. Um, and that to me leads into the Draymond conversation. Um, you know, I, I asked Steve Kerr pregame about Draymond's completely reduced stats in basically every category, you know, his fewest points, rebounds, his lowest shooting percentage, his lowest blocks and steals all since his second season in the league. Um, really, you know, since he's been a high level rotation player, he has not been this unproductive in the raw numbers um which i we all know does not define draymond's game but he does need to give him them more particularly rebounding some more scoring we've had this conversation um and i just thought it was interesting like he only had like four six and six or something like that tonight but he was getting them in transition more he had a pretty good game and then i just thought it was interesting post game when i asked him about it he said he thinks he's two to three weeks away from the best version of himself he can give this team that would be huge because they do need a better Draymond Green, particularly on on the glass. Yeah, if 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 that's if that's true, number one, like it tells you, like you know, the fact that he's saying he's not all the way there yet, you know, it must have been rough, you know, what he went through at the beginning of the season. But two, like you know, you could tell he wanted, like he he just gets up for Blake Griffin, right? Like he just he will never let Blake Griffin get an edge on him. That's 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 a thing they've had for years, and you you know he was he was locked in defensively. Uh, uh, I do think I don't know. I just see these areas where Draymond Green can do like nothing stopping him from doing what we think he can do. Like it's not. It doesn't seem like a matter of physical, except for like when and he's clearly not as explosive as he used to be, but. Some some of this stuff ain't ain't really about that. It's just like energy. It's like you know, be, being aggressive, being forceful. Like you know, what I'm saying like it just feels like it feels like there's a level that Draymond can get to 
and there's no reason he can't except for he just hasn't decided to do it yet. Like tonight, we've seen him take in, in transition. There's no reason he can't do that four times a game. Like he got two buckets just saying, I'm going to go. I'm going to attack the rim. You know, he got a dunk he was excited about. It. Yeah, see how ex- excited he was about that dunk? Like he was happy that he dunked Second it. of the year. Yeah, he was just like really excited about that. It just tells me like he's still like – Man, it must it must have been really rough for him uh, at the beginning of the year because he's 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 feeling pretty good. You know, he's starting to feel pretty good now, and he's still saying he needs three weeks. So, I just think it's there. Uh, the shot looks a little bit better when he takes his time. Like he's he's still not like he's not as shy as he was last year. He's not passing up a ridiculous amount of shots. I just think he if he's aggressive, he he can he can be that. He can do that. I just wonder if he has the wind or the like if he's in shape enough. I think maybe that's what's holding him back because, you know, it's the plan of defense. It's the running the floor. It's the running the point. It's blocking shots. He he uh, he mentioned it twice tonight. I, I think a lot of what – I mean, look, yes, it's the rebounding, but the other thing that he mentioned and I agree he can give them is their pace. Um, they're really good when he goes up-tempo. When not only obviously yes that's him getting the rebound and pushing it himself but like tonight Wiggins got a rebound and he like clapped and yelled at him like come on give me the ball and it was catch and go and he got a layup off that he got Wiseman that uh, lob off that where Wiseman looked like he broke his wrist <laughs> for a second uh, but then got up hit the end one free throw apparently is fine but we've seen it I mean I remember him dominating the 2019 West Finals against Portland without Durant because of the way he just push the pace all game. Now I don't expect him to go an all game type thing if they're not in like a playoff setting. Um, But the way he did it tonight, like he probably got them five uh, transition buckets that in past games, when they've been in Utah, when they've been in Phoenix, when they've been in Denver, he's not even attempting to get them. He's jogging up the court tonight. He's sprinting up the court with the ball. Some of that is his win, but I think a lot of that's his mindset. He needs to go into these games wanting to make an impact. Sometimes I think because of his lack of scoring ability right now, he almost, not that he's afraid of the ball, but he's not trying to be super aggressive. I want to ask him about that one of these times. I just kind of don't want to do it in the setting we have to do it. But, like, you do get the sense that sometimes he's like, I don't have it. Let me not go that much. Let me not go that hard. When I agree, I think it's just mindset. I think it's just him saying, I'm going I could take this, and he'll miss a one or two, and then just say, ah, "I ain't doing it." Uh, so I do think it's mindset. I do think if he just decides to push it, and sometimes he's just got to take it too. He can't just push to look for the lob or pass it. Like he feels better when he gets a couple buckets. I, I do think he should get two to three buckets a night just in transition, just because. They're better that way. But it's it's really just a mindset. And I think he does it when he feels like he has the advantage, right? If he doesn't feel like he has it, then he, he kind of backs off. But I think the Warriors need him to just do it anyway and yeah, not well, be worried about it. Well, and it's the problem that we talked about all year going into the season. But, I mean, now we have 20 games of, of evidence. They suck as yeah, a half Yeah, 20 offense. games, is right? This is supposed to be all figured out by now. That's what Steve yeah, said. Yes. Like, 20 games, we're good now. 
the funny story about that whole 20 games quote, by the way, is I was asking him a question about his rotations because they were pretty unsolved after like three games. And I, I brought it. I said, what do you need about 20 games to like figure it out? And he's like, yeah, tw- you know, 20, that's a pretty good sample in the NBA. And then that's become a thing that's on, it, on the yeah. fan base oh, of like, it. oh, 20. Yeah. 20 is a lot. <laughs> is a lot in the 72 game season, though. That's lower. That's it more. is. But, but I only brought that number up because I, in past years, I've always heard like, People who look at stats always want at least a twenty-game sample, like that. They yeah, they divide like the season in, into N- quarters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In NBA circles, like they consider it stop. It stops becoming a small sample size right around a twenty-game sample. It's still you know that's usually a threshold. Uh, anyway, my point is they're terrible in the half-court offense, and we've talked about it all off-season. Like they need to get in transition as much as possible. So like even if Dray- like Draymond sometimes being overly aggressive and maybe turning it over. Um, you know, two out of every six possessions he goes in transition or, or it's like a rush missed shot. Well, okay, let's say he like just kind of walked it up. It's probably ending in like a Kelly Oubre, you know, brick three or something in, in the half court. So, um, yeah, he's got to do it. He just, it don't yeah. matter. like, it's better for them if he just forces it. It's better for him if, if he just goes, even if it doesn't work out a couple of times. He just got to do it because it's how everything gets loose. And you know who else gets going in transition? Steph Curry. That's yeah, well, the that, the, their whole personnel. Think about it. Steph Curry. Yes, I mean one of the greatest transition players, uh, shooters uh, that's that's ever lived. Wiseman. I mean, you know how many times he's going to be able to get behind the defense for for those easy lob, those ducking. You know, he's becoming pretty good at the seals. He had a couple seals tonight where he gets down there and suddenly it's Wayne Ellington in transition is on him. He can seal and get an easy dunker layup. Um, and Ubre. Much better slasher. Wiggins, theoretically, you know, Wiggins kind of is just Wiggins in every setting. But, you know, he's kind of can be a transition player. That's who they should be. And he hasn't, I think he, I mean, he's admitting it. He hasn't revved them up enough this season. And maybe he's starting to. You know, there's, you know, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, uh, uh, putting the ball in Steph's hands, right? Letting let Steph cook. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm part of that discussion. So one of the reasons Steve likes to say is why, you know, he sticks to ball movement is because he wants, like, Draymond is at his best when he's got the ball in his hands and they're and they're moving and they're forcing the action. So I do think, like, that's been part of his thing is like making sure Draymond is involved and thinking aggressively, and when Steph is just by himself doing his thing, people are just standing around. So, you know, obviously some might say, hey, man, get those dudes to not stand around. But it, it's a it's important. Steve even, Steve even is clear about this. It's important for Draymond to be good offensively. That don't mean score 20 points, but it doesn't mean, like, he can give you nothing, right? So he's got to be active. He's got to be involved. He's got to be aggressive. Like, that's what he's got to do. And if he pushes it, it really opens up for everything. And if you look at like the Portland series in the Western Conference Finals from, uh, what was that, 2019. Like, that's what he did. He just got the rebound. He just went, and he just pushed it. So if he can get to that, I, I think that I think that's a pretty significant difference for the Warriors. Yeah, for sure. Anything else from this game um, that stuck out to you? Uh, your, your guy, Uber had a great bounce back game, right? Like. Yeah, he's. I mean, that's he. I mean, he had nowhere to go but up after that Phoenix game, but he he went well, up. That was. I mean, the fact is, two out of his last three games have been solid, but the one was such a dud. 
Um, and you know, that's just who he is. Look, I, he's gonna, I mean, his, his shooting percentages will rise over the course of the season because historically he's just been a better shooter than, than he's been, but he's clearly pretty, pretty hit and miss and like duds are coming and big games are coming. You just, from the Warriors, you want a little bit more consistency from him. Um, and you want his lower level games to not just be completely like he, he lost you the game. Like he, in a sense, he kind of lost them the Phoenix game. Uh, but he's five to me. If you take, if you take the cutout of his last eight games, it's much better than the cutout of his first eight games, or we can go 10 and 10 since we're at 20 right now. Right. He like, Oh, like games 11 through 20 for him as a whole, we're much better than games one through 10. That's all. Oh yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, that's probably the, I guess the safer sample, the safer sample to lean on, because it's not like that's, it's not like he's killing it right in the eleven through twenty. But it's, well, he's uh, not running into Steph Curry in the corner. As yeah, much. absolutely. It's just the productive. I just feel like tonight he, uh, he just made better choices with the ball in his hand. Right, he just he decided to attack and he didn't settle for threes. He, I mean, he still took six, which is still too many. Right, like, <laughs> oh man, he but, just he takes too many threes. Yeah, it's still too many. He needs to get that down to like four, six if he hot. But, but he he was attacking, like he was forcing it. Uh, like he, he was he was pretty good tonight. He was pretty good. I think he was. There's still those plays where he like tries to do too much, and even there's one where he 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 looked off Draymond. He looked off something else that was like an action on the other side of the floor. That was like a lot more warriors. The end might've got Steph Curry. Look at He tried Steph to like, was bully his w- too. Was waiting yeah, for he tra- it. yeah. Yeah. He tried to bully his way to the rim and the Pistons got ripped out of his hands and it was off the Pistons out of bounds. So like they didn't lose the possession. There was still probably like 13 the on the, in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was still 13 on the shot clock. And I just saw being in the arena, you do get to see a bit more. And I just saw Draymond Green look down to the Warriors bench and Steve Kerr and like some of the coaching staff. It was one of those looks like I know he's doing it again. You know, we've told him, <laughs> like, but it, it, you can see like the, the slump shoulders of like, oh come on, man. But that's him. You know, that's that's who they went to get. I mean, it, if they did their uh, research on Kelly Oubre, I mean, like they they thought he was gonna be a better shooter but you were going to get this type of of rocky decision making and that's just kind of part of the package brad, brad wanamaker seven assists that's 13 in his last three games he had zero in, in the phoenix game but those minutes next to steph are you know he's bringing him in at the end of the first and third quarters he's looking pretty he's looking pretty good he's looking pretty good in that role he, he's kind of coming into his own a bit, like, you know, like under control, not trying to force stuff. But, you know, seven, seven, 13 assists, two turnovers is the Brad Wanamaker you want to see. I try, I tried to make that fluid. but it, I was going to say, that's the conversation that people want, a deep Brad Wanamaker the Brad dive. Wanamaker. You know, I I'm, think I'm, we're, just over, I'm just going over the game, you know. I know. I'll feel you. Uh, I think we're done for the night discussing this because there's Warriors have two days off coming up, and I think we'll probably do a Warriors plus minus podcast in between. So we need to save some of our our more delicious takes. Oh man, for- yeah, I got, I got, I got some uh, Warriors plus minus fodder. We got to get, uh, uh, we got to get the the Magruder audio in there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Warriors plus that minus. is that is a good idea. <laughs> Um, but other than that, Rodney. I assume we'll have, I assume we'll have a Warriors plus minus 
before the next game, but the next game is a kind of interesting one. The Boston Celtics, 10-8. and eight. Now I think they lost to the Lakers at the buzzer um, on Saturday night. They lost Marcus Smart. We'll see for how long they yeah, lost Marcus did Smart. They, did they say that yet? They didn't say yet, right? That's they don't. They said good. calf, but MRI, he couldn't put weight on the leg. Uh, didn't look good. I mean, he for sure will not play Tuesday. We do know that. Um, and other than that, yeah, uh, interesting week ahead for the Warriors. Talk to you then. Let's get it. You going to Texas, right? No, I'm just playing. Yeah. 